And I think this is the big misconception for the music side. It's like, oh, so you're playing a video game, you have a lot of eyeballs. Wait, here's my song, can you please promote it? It's not going to work because the people there are not there for the, for the track. They're there for the culture, for the, for the experience, for the game, for the competition. The question that, that these people should ask themselves, like music producers, what is the narrative? How can we create something that is engaging and, and really like tells the story and doesn't interfere with the main experience so that people will enjoy it and maybe you know, go back and stream it? You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, I'm Andrew, you're listening to Music Growth Talks, a podcast for music artists and industry professionals looking for new ways to grow their careers. If this is the first time you're checking us out, make sure to subscribe in your podcast app of choice, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it is, we're everywhere. I also recommend you signing up at musicgrowthtalks.com via email. Today we are diving into a very special topic of gaming and esports in the context of music, clearly. My guest Andres Lauer, a co-founder of Five Vectors, shows how they're building two things essentially, a new music interaction layer for gamers and a new revenue opportunity for independent artists. You can even see on their websites, linked to in the show notes at dotedmusic.com, that there are two different subdivisions of five vectors, one for the gaming and one for the music world. Uh, You're going to hear some fascinating things on the future of music in games and how you can start tapping into these unique worlds of esports as an artist on this show listen on but before we get there i wanted to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by the data music marketing agency if you want to see how we could help your music project grow get in touch by filling out the form at agency.datamusic.com please do mention that you learned about it from the podcast and i will get back to you personally I also wanted to thank my advanced patrons. This is the name of uh, it here on Patreon. Josh Urban, Deroy Telly, and Eric John Kaiser. I really appreciate your support. And I, of course, am deeply grateful to all of my patrons. It might seem like a small contribution compared to the resources and time I put into creating this show, but Music Growth Talks wouldn't exist without you. And I will be relying even more on my patrons in the nearest future so please consider becoming a patron for as low as three dollars per month getting access to the wispin lessons archive and a bunch of other perks go to patreon.com forward slash andrew epinov to check it all out and now let's talk some gaming and music andres welcome to music growth talks i'm thrilled to have you on the show thank you so much for having me before we talk about five vectors and what you do to anyone listening to us right now who doesn't have a clear idea of how the gaming industry impacts pretty much everything around us and and the scale of of um, of the market so can you share just a few words on the state of uh, gaming industry compared to other entertainment industries like music these days uh, yeah, I would love to. So um, basically, the, the gaming industry um, consists of, of, of several layers. We usually tend to think of the consoles as the main bracket of gaming. Consoles, I mean, like the Xbox and Playstations. But nowadays, games are way more than that. They're pretty much 
what I call virtual world that people buy in and that people sort of want to participate and compete in. And probably the biggest example right now is Fortnite, which is a, a game that you can play seamlessly from mobile to a console, but also on your PC. And it's a map where you compete against 100 other individuals, 99 other individuals. And it's it's very repetitive in the sense that is that the gaming mechanic is always the same, but you can do so many, you know, things with, you can move freely in that environment. So these virtual worlds for us are, have a strong social character. And obviously everything that is social for us, music plays a very big role in because music is the strongest identity, um, sort of the strongest tool for identification in a social space. So music is, you know, the, the thing that, based on the music that we listen to, we usually build our persona around that was back in the 90s. And nowadays, it's more like, you know, people want to like they want to share the music they do in this virtual world. So this is basically what we are tackling. You asked about the market. If you look at the gaming market, if you look at the music market, the expected music market right now is probably around 20 to 25, I would say, billion. It, it's going to grow, they say, to a 30, 35 billion. If you, look at, if you look at the gaming market right now, the global scale is probably like 145 to 50 billion. And it's supposed to grow the next year up to 200 billion. So the gaming market itself is probably, it's bigger than, than sort of t the TV or the video market and the music market combined. Yeah. And we are looking into opportunities of how music can play an, inter in, an integral part of 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 that culture of, of of that industry aside of the traditional approach which was more like oh how do i get my song into this game we're looking more into like how can we activate these communities to listen to the artists we work with yeah yeah and I, i'm glad that you mentioned that you you, you consider music as as something people identify themselves with i have a feeling that these days it's much easier to identify yourself with a game or a Netflix show than than music but we it's it's like the music has had an extremely high cultural impact on people so it's it's great if if there is an opportunity for combining it with this massive gaming world and um and uh, this is quite exciting that you are a part of of that process can you give us an idea of what you do at uh, Five Vectors? Yeah, sure. So um, Five Vectors is a company, me and Waza, my partner, we incorporated it beginning very, very early last year. And I, my background is I was at Universal Music for four years and was leading digital strategy and corporate strategy. And Waza was at, um, working at the ESL, which is the world's biggest esports brand. And he was um, the head of the talent division. And we met and we were like, okay, um, we did a, I did a deal for Universal with the ESL, and after that, I asked myself, like, this could be so much more open and so much more, like, integrated into that environment than what we did. So we decided to drop out and, and, and create Five Vectors. And what we do at Five Vectors is we build technology that will enable very soon independent artists and independent labels to engage with gaming communities in their native space. So think about Discord and Twitch more than Spotify and Apple Music. So basically what we want to do is we want to be, you know, we want to build platforms where an independent artist can go on, maybe, you know, use the platform to push their song to a certain demographic and by intelligently knowing through data which platform would engage us the most, which kind of music 
we could sort of, you know, carve out a lane for that individual so that the right music is pushed to the right community. It sounds like you are mainly in the process of uh, of launch. So what's the so we are recording this at the end of 2019. What what's an approximate timeline for rolling it out publicly? So we have over the last year, the first year of our inception, um, we have closed you know deals with games publishers and tournament organizers. So we work with Ubisoft, we work with League of Legends Japan, we work with a variety of of tournament organizers, as we call it, and esports teams just to understand how the space needs music and how they want to integrate music. At the same time, we're sort of harvesting data that, that, that lets us, you know, understand what kind of, you know, music works in what kind of, you know, gaming environment. And from the tech side is we actually have deployed already um, several tools and, and bots, but not bots in, in this negative sense, more like um, gaming bots that people can use so they can, you know, get more information around games. Um, but we're building constantly tools so that the so that the space can come closer. What I mean by that is that this state this year was pretty much um, just building tools to understand how the space works. But we, we're building the first main iteration of our product, which is going to be released in February. It's already released as a beta. We have around I think like 500 to 1,000 users on this solution, and it's going to be a small app that you can download and then use in combination within games and you can customize your sounds and your soundtrack of those games through that app. And um, as I said, the beat is already out there. We're going to have a massive facelift in February that is going to be live and and then people can download it and sort of customize their music experience in those games. So it's it's the, uh, yeah, so you are uh, talking about this consumer-facing product, which is the, the, the key to it all. And uh, how how is it going to work for record labels and artists who want to be part of the of the platform so how, how the licensing parts of uh, of that whole process works so right now the first sort of iteration that we have is is pretty much all of the sounds that we that are in there uh, we, we have produced them it's just because usually when you start something like this it's very tough to initiate the licensing conversations because you don't have anything to show, right? So what we did is like we launched with only our music packs, but we're talking right now to seven independent labels, or we have close deals with seven independent labels. They're going to provide us with their music so that we can integrate it in the app. And further down the line, we want to have a self-serving system where people can come and sort of, you know, push the music to the apps and platforms you're running. But for now, it is pretty much still on a, like if someone wants to get in touch, they can shoot us an email at contact at fivefactors.io. And we can talk about it, but we're doing it very manually right now, very selective, yeah. because we are still in this testing environment uh, that we cannot deploy massive amounts of music because it needs to be contextualized and it needs to, and we need to write metadata, etc. All of these plan, all of these, you know, initial uh, questions. But maybe further down the line next year, um, we're going to open up a website that we already have and are already building, where people they can sort of self serve. And you know their needs and, and, and deploy the music to our outlets. Cool. So, so do you do you want it to be something like you know a partnership with a music distributor where anyone can submit deliver music to your platform, or would it be more like a music licensing platform where you're more selective and uh, you only accept music in particular genres, for example? So right now, I I think you know we are not against partnering with a music distributor, but I think. Where we are going requires very like a lot of rethinking of the, of music distribution. Why? Because usually the 
music integrations that we have within games is between 8 to 15 seconds long. Why? Because that's like the maximum time span when people are in a game that they have like a downtime where they are not like completely concentrated on the game. So that means if you're playing Counter-Strike or Fortnite or Dota 2, you don't really want vocals as well. Why? Because you're communicating with someone. You're, you need to listen to the game. You need to listen to the sounds that are coming from the game. So it's very, like, the formatting is already very different. And, and the other thing is that the contextualization is very different. So for us, working with a music distributor could be a, a way to go, but it's probably easier if we build a self-serving distribution system by ourselves where then people can come and plug in. Mm-hmm. And why are we selective initially is because we are not working for now with the big publishers because they consider what we are doing for now like as a traditional sync. And we are trying to elevate the gaming experience and create new monetization layers for independent artists um, where they maybe further down the line can, you know, maybe, you know, sell a musical pack or or engage with an audience and, and like get more streams on Spotify that we cannot like, you know, like go the traditional route of negotiating licenses with, with major publishers, which would slow us down, in, 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 you know, insanely. This is why the first pack that we launched was our music and the second pack that's going to come very soon is the independent labels that we work with that guarantee us that they own all, that they have all the rights to the music that they're giving us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense since uh, it would be quite a, quite a nightmare to, 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 to handle all the sync uh, clearing uh, process with the major publishing yeah. companies so i i fully understand that and it, it makes uh it makes a lot of sense it's interesting um i remember i just remembered how uh what what's a what a huge impact grand thief auto made on me where i could insert my cd in my pc computer and listen to uh, my custom radio while driving a car around uh, this context <laughs> that, that you've got is a bit different even for it's still it's still yeah so giving an opportunity for a player to customize their experience with the music they love it's really interesting you already gave us some ideas of what kind of music performs best in this environment any other insights on the genres that you see uh, most uh, popular among uh, gamers uh, yeah, I mean, the, the interesting part is that um, there's this there's this notion in the market that people are like, oh, so, you know, gaming music is EDM. So, you know, or, or Fortnite is Marshmallow because you played there and, and, you know, that kind of categories. But the truth is that the gaming culture is becoming so big that actually everyone is listening to everything. And gaming is becoming such a global phenomenon that it, it has inherited all the genres. This is why we don't state that this and that is gaming music. Everything and nothing is gaming music because it's, it's becoming so big that, you know, everything has a place in there. So what I mean by that is that for us, we look at like Counter-Strike and then we see um, this new Counter-Strike demographic. They actually like Travis Scott a lot. So they like like rap, the more you know, urban approach. Um, but at the same time, if you look at an older demographic at Counter-Strike, they're actually like Metallica and maybe, you know, Nine Inch Nails and more like, you know, guitar, hard and heavy stuff. So it's very, it, for us, this is where we're building a data layer that and the data layer allows us to, um, to understand that connotation so that we can be like, okay, we can push the, uh, you know, we know how to push the, how to push a, a certain track into which, you know, if you, if you get a certain track, what we want to solve is, you, you know, Andrew, you, you sent me a track, uh, let's say an electronic track, a more minimal track. And then you ask me like, okay, where could this, you know, find like a, a community, an audience? And then we want to, we want to make sure that we have the right data to be like, okay, 
Andrew, your audience is actually, let's say, Rocket League on Twitch by this and that demographic. And if we can tap into that, then you will find an audience that is going to enjoy what your, you know, your music because this is the usual music that they listen to in that environment. Mm -hmm. And this is more how we should look at the genre situation. So if someone tells you, oh, this is gaming music, but that is gaming music, you can tell them there is no such thing as gaming music. Mm -hmm. Gaming inherits all the genres. And there's, even for country music, there's a space within games. Yeah, and, and I guess at a uh, tournament and esports uh, event with dozens of thousands of people, it's, it can also be quite diverse. But I, I've never been to one. Uh, what, what's the, the context of using music at these big live events? So the, the, this big live events, it's pretty much started a couple of years ago when I did the deal for Universal with the ESL. The idea was just to give newcomers a platform where they can showcase the music. But what we found out for the tournament organizers we work with that, you know, do these massive events, we found out that people are not there for the music. They are there for the tournament itself. So there was a situation three years ago, actually in Poland, in Katowice, which is one of the biggest esports events in the world, yeah. where they had a Hardwell, the DJ, have a DJ said really just right before the finals. And the DJ set went on for like 20 minutes. It was extremely, it was extremely awkward because the audience there didn't want to see Hartwell. They wanted to see the final, right? So it's the same thing as, you know, like my brother, who's a big soccer fan, he watched the World Cup final. And then I don't know, like Shaggy performed in Will Smith or something like this, right at the final. And it doesn't add anything to his experience for the game. You know, what he wants to listen to when he sees a final is the Champions League anthem, when he watches the Champions League final. He doesn't want to see an artist like, you know, Enrique Iglesias perform a song or whatever. So the question is, like, how can the music be rightfully integrated? And it has to be part of the narrative of the whole thing, of the whole event, of the whole game, of the whole culture. So Riot, the publisher of League of Legends, does it bigger than everyone else better than everyone else because they understand their community so well that to create musical products there is they, they have like a virtual band of their own characters and they rap they sing they put out songs and they they have millions of streams on spotify and youtube because it's so you know it, it ties it's tied into the whole culture and i think this is the big misconception for the music side it's like oh so you're playing a video game you have a lot of eyeballs wait here's my song can you please promote it it's not going to work because the people there are not there for the, for the track. They're there for the culture, for the, for the experience, for the game, for the competition. So the question that, that these people should ask themselves, like music producers or the industry, is like, what is the narrative? How, do they, you know, how can we tie into this? How can we create something that is engaging and, and really like tells the story and doesn't interfere with the main experience so that people will enjoy it and maybe, you know, go back and stream it. This is why for us, in the first iteration of the events that we had, we developed a lot of score music, a lot of score, a lot of instrumental music. Also with drums, uh, you know, like not only orchestral, but also with drums and bass lines and maybe some electronic stuff. But in the first version, we didn't really do vocals because we wanted to learn on, you know, how does the arrangement look like in those events? It's very different than the usual ones. So usually, you know, a pop song structure has a verse or intro verse, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, and then out or something like another chorus and then out. But the gaming curve is way different. It usually builds up steadily towards one climax. And then there's a, there's a short fade and 
so we really toyed around with arrangements at the beginning. And we're like, how can we do? How can we have a build up over two minutes that it's not that it's not way too quick, but also like keeps the user engaged, but use by using different sounds and different instruments. So touching upon that, we really learned more about okay. If we actually have a musical song that works well on Spotify, it doesn't mean that it works well in that environment. But also vice versa, we took those musical compositions and put it on Spotify, but people didn't really listen to it because it only works in a certain environment. So what we saw for us right now is like we need to create musical compositions that are in the middle, and that we can have a version for Spotify and a version for the live event, and that actually triggers people because you in the game then you listen to the track and it has this perfect. Arrangement and curve for your for your you know for the experience, but when you're in the subway, you know, like uh, you know, on the subway ride to your work, you don't want to listen to that curve because you're not there. But you want to listen to the song, and the song maybe has lyrics. This is the same kind of musical composition, but it triggers that feeling you that you had when you were at the event. You know, it, it reminds you of how music is able to do that. Like it reminds you of the situation. And this is where you kind of buy in. So these are like the first learnings that we have working with tournament organizers and publishers is that there needs to be a, you know, not a tailor-made solution, but there needs to be a rethinking of what formatting of music. Yeah, this is gold. Really interesting insights. And yeah, for anyone interested in licensing their music for TV uh, commercials and and shows, the advice is just to watch as many shows as possible and to understand what kind of music is placed there and if someone wants to appear in games it's really important to understand that environment because it's so different from everything else and what you explained to me it's it's fascinating i haven't been really playing games for a long time (laughs) so i i do i I try to study it as much (laughs) as possible but it's not exactly the same as experiencing it yourself so i guess that if you will have any kind of educational material uh, later on for musicians it will be of help uh, to to ha- like how to maximize the impact or the context or or how to put the the right c- composition the right song and track in the right context for the for the right game so because everyone would be winning from that it's really yeah the this kind of understanding or uh, uh is really important however i i still want to ask you so for anyone who's got the right track for the right game uh, or event so it's a perfect product market fit and uh you know it, it's it's working out and and the gamers uh do like or want to engage with uh the track they're hearing so what will be uh the mechanisms for following the artist for finding out more you mentioned the possibility of you know selling sample packs or whatnot i'm, I'm not asking for too many technical details but just to maybe give us an idea of how exactly it could be possible to convert those who actually want to uh, learn more about this dope track playing in the background? So usually what we do is in the first iteration of the app, um, you know, we have a kind of a, a storefront where you can go and you can pick and choose like genre packs. Why? Because we want to have an, a, the ability to have music discovery. Maybe in the future also more like artist packs. So it shouldn't be about and this is where we wanted to step away from the core music consumption. This is not about music consumption. Music consumption is mainly driven by the Spotify's and Apple Music's of the world. But for us, like having these musical packs integrated in the game, it's more like adding a certain color to a certain game by music, by adding music. So let's say you go into our, onto our app and you select a certain pack and you can be like, oh, I want the, let's say the, 
you know, the indie pack or the rock pack. And then you have it and then you see actually what kind of items we have. So we have like seven to nine seconds, you know, like the guitar glitches and, and whatever fits into the game. And then on top of that, we have like one or two songs that are actually played during the loading time, which is usually like 45 seconds to a minute and 20. So this is like the opportunity to really like, you know, introduce the song. And when we have that, we actually have a small overlay in in the corner. You can drag and drop it wherever you want to, but it usually starts uh, in the left corner, in the bottom of the of the left corner. And and this is like where you can see like just maybe the artist's name or for now what we have is we have the name of the pack. But there's like a possibility to be like, oh, I like the track. What is it that you have? And maybe in the future we also have, a, have a, like a star that you can press and then you can sort of mark that track or like flag that track. But that's basically, it's very limited. It's very small. Why again? It's because... Otherwise, it interferes with the gaming experience. We initially had a bigger panel. So, you know, something like, uh, I don't, you know, if, if, if you're a producer, you know, these like these, these toolbars, you know, where you have your press, play, cue, and whatever. We had a similar thing in the top left corner, but in the bottom left corner. But the problem was that it takes too much space, vi- visual space off the screen. And this is interfering directly with the gaming experience because the people who actually want to listen to music, but they don't want to, you know, they don't want this musical player to overlap with items in the game that you actually need to look at, like your, your menu or or the selection of certain items. So, so this is why we very much minimalized it. But for us, the, the bigger sort of upside is that people like actively select a song or they select a music pack is already an indication for us that they want, you know, sort of, that they look into this and then in those packs we actually have metadata so there could be like you know if it would be your pack andrew it would say like oh this is andrew's pack this is his first song the second song this is his this is his you know these are his sounds that he added to it so people would actually then be like okay okay this pack is cool you know i've downloaded it i like it within the game this is andrew's pack and then you based out of that you can build like a fan base or you can you know enhance your fan base and hopefully that individual would also go back to Spotify and, you know, maybe, you know, stream your other song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. It makes a lot of sense. And yeah, I see a, a big opportunity here for many musicians. I don't think it will be necessarily for every uh, producer out there, but um, really looking forward for for ways musicians can monetize their work and grow their audience uh, through it as well. So all sounds uh, really exciting. And uh and new and fresh. We really need new solutions for um, for new industries these days because we just yeah. If if we just keep talking about uh, the streaming world, we are we're not getting anywhere really. We we need more than that. So thank you for for your work. If you have any additional ideas, insights uh, based on on your experience to the music creators, uh, th- please uh, share and uh, I'd also like to ask you for the best place to keep an eye on the development of the product uh, so you know we don't miss any public launches of the app oh yeah absolutely I mean uh, maybe the only thing that I, that I would like to say to music to independent artists is that there's a huge opportunity in, in that space why because you shouldn't think of you know the, the music space as someone who needs music think about it in a way more social way what if in the future you know the the digital avatar within these games becomes just an integral part of the user's personality and they you know like back in the days in the 90s 
you could see what kind of you know music someone would listen to by looking at what he's wearing. And that kind of disappeared the last 10 years, right? Like you cannot tell anymore if someone is listening to rock, rap or whatever. And in a virtual space, we believe that this actually will come back, that people would be like, oh, you know, I want to give my virtual avatar, you know, some sort of, you know, musical features because I want to showcase, you know, what I actually like, what my preferences are, you know, would it customize it? And think about it way more into that lane than thinking of a traditional sync, because this is what a lot of people are coming from. They're like, oh, the gaming space has so many eyeballs. You know, here's my music. You can pay me a sync fee and you can use it. But this is not like cutting, cutting it in the sense of the potential that we see under the hood. If you're able, you know, like if you just, you know, engage with the gaming community and you listen first, and maybe ask them to give you feedback, you will be amazed of how many people are so conditioned in, in virtual behavior that they actually are willing to give people feedback on the music and also spread the word. The only thing that I always tell independent artists is like, don't sell it because these communities can sniff out immediately if someone is just in for, you know, for their own good and for promoting their own products. And that usually doesn't end up well. But if you mm -hmm. don't know a lot about the space, and you still want to engage with it, just be very honest about it and be like, hey, I'm here, new here, I'm a music producer, you know, on Discord, on Twitch or whatever. This is my music, you know, would really like to, you know, understand what you guys are doing here. I think that's the easiest way and, and people will be amazed on, you know, what the feedback could be from the community if you do it in a genuine and honest way. Excellent. Yeah, this, this is great because it applies not just to uh, the gaming communities, but uh, here it's, it's absolutely crucial. Really appreciate the insights and uh, I'm linking to, the, to, to your website and any preferred social media uh, profiles you can specify later in the show notes. Uh, so we'll definitely keep an eye on uh, what you guys do. Amazing stuff, really interesting. So thank you a lot for stopping by and, and being on the show. And uh, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing how you disrupt the music industry. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Andreas. Thank you all guys for listening. If you liked what you heard, if you have any feedback, feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or uh, any podcast platform uh, of your choice if it allows living reviews you know it really does help uh, this show being discovered by other industry professionals musicians so thank you for that uh, as a reminder go to patreon.com forward slash andrea panov uh, if you are fancy supporting me directly in this podcast directly I work hard to deliver you uh, a weekly episode. As you could notice, we are now uh, releasing uh, new episodes on Mondays uh, as in the past. So uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. And uh, uh, do check out the show notes with all the relevant links at dotedmusic.com. If you're interested in uh, what Five Vectors do, you heard the email address from Andres. So feel free to reach out and see if uh, there is uh, any way you could work with them directly while they're in beta and of course if you're listening to this show when uh, the app is publicly available just check it out submit your music and see if uh, it's the right fit for you thank you all stay in touch and till next week you've been listening to music growth talks with andrew apanov find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com